voting in the special and primary election kicks off in Alaska today. From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Alaskans for Better Elections' Bruce Patello was on Action Line to talk about the ballot. They're actually going to have a uh, ballot on each side. One is for the regular primary, which will help narrow the number of people who will appear on the November 8th general election ballot. And on the reverse side, we will have the special general election, which will decide only one office, and that is who will uh, fulfill the remaining months of Representative Don Young's term and three names will appear there. The race will feature Alaska's first-ever ranked-choice voting election, with Republican Sarah Palin and Nick Baggage and Democrat Mary Peltola running as the top three. Patello explained the ranked-choice voting process. If, on the first ballot, someone achieves 50% plus one vote, that person is the winner, and there is no further resort to the ranked-choice. On the other hand, if no candidate is able to reach that 50% threshold, and I think common wisdom, conventional wisdom, is that no one will, the person with the least number of votes will be eliminated in the next round. And those who voted for that person as their number one choice have the option, and what will happen, all those who have then cast a second choice for that candidate will have their ballots apportioned as as they have voted to the remaining two candidates. According to Fair Vote, a publication advocating ranked choice voting for more than 30 years, this year's election will be the same in some ways, but different in others. Ranked choice election results won't be reported for 15 days following the election. The timeline is set by the Alaska Division of Elections and State Law. Alaska state law allows up to 15 days for an absentee ballot to be received after election day, and only first-choice results will be reported for the first 15 days following the election. Preliminary rank-choice results will be released no later than August 31st. The official results will likely be certified on September 2nd. As school starts in Juneau today, masking will remain optional. School board member Brian Hull spoke about that on Action Line. So basically masking is is allowed in our schools, and we uh, the, the school board didn't change that from last year, meaning the, uh, the superintendent has the ability for a, a person that is high risk, some health concern, there is, there is, it allows um, her to require masks around that person. So a frat, mentally fragile person in a classroom, we would expect that others respect that medical um, concern. Kindergartners will also not be required to mask. The other piece is that um, the kindergartners are no longer going to be required to wear masks because vaccinations are available now for um, for that age group as well. So, so so masks are optional in our schools. If someone wants to use them, they can but nobody is going to be required to use them except for extreme medical um, scenarios. Hull spoke to the elimination of required COVID testing for staff. We also eliminated the requirement for testing of our teachers. We used to have a a testing requirement, in part because the vaccines weren't available for everyone, and we wanted to make sure that if you sent your kid to school, your teacher um, didn't have COVID. 
Uh, and we have a super high rate of vaccination amongst our our teaching and staff. And now vaccinations are available for everyone. So we're no longer making that a requirement either. School board member Brian Holst. Deputy City Manager Robert Barr and a handful of elected officials made a trip last week to the Alaska Municipal League Conference in Sitka. Barr spoke about the trip on the KINY Morning Show. There were a handful of us up in, or down in Sitka for the Alaska Municipal League Summer Conference last week. Um, so down there with a couple of assembly members, the mayor. Um, it's always good. It's the, it's the time when AML, which is a statewide organization that represents gosh, 160, 170 cities and boroughs across the state gets together to kind of recap the prior legislative session, uh, talks about the impact that the legislature has had uh, recently on local government. These were some of the main topics discussed, according to Barr. We talked about all kinds of things from the you know, ranked choice voting to the Constitutional Convention to really big hot-button issues like child care and the statewide retirement system and recruitment and inflation and fuel costs, all, all sorts of things that um, that impact us, our transportation needs with the green highway system, roads, airports, harbors, all, all that good stuff. Barr added that this will be a slower week in terms of meeting for the Assembly and other committees. Things have been relatively quiet at the city and borough of Juneau. Uh, this is going to be a quiet week, too. We have a couple of very light meetings, but no, no big assembly meetings or committees. Um, those will all happen next week. Barr also revealed news on COVID that has emerged out of the United Kingdom. I think the other thing that I wanted to note, Dano, uh, on a, a completely separate topic, um, on a COVID perspective, we did hear uh, just this morning, actually, that the U.K. became the first country to formally approve the dual COVID-19 booster. That's the version that's going to target both the original strain and Omicron. Juno Deputy City Manager Robert Barr. Commander of Coast Guard Sector Juno, Captain Darwin Jensen, presented a by-the-numbers of the Guard's missions in 2021 during the Juno Chamber's weekly luncheon. We did 171 search and rescue cases, 63 lives saved, 147 lives assisted, uh, 1,072 vessel boardings, those are mostly recreational boardings, but 454 vessel inspections, that's the well-watching boats, the charter vessels, everything that runs around that carries people or cargo. Um, 116 marine casualty investigations, 96 pollution incidences, uh, 118 facility inspections. We inspect all the waterfront facilities throughout southeast Alaska. It was clarified that marine casualties in this context may also refer to broken equipment. Jensen also spoke to vessel. We've done uh, 487 commercial fishing vessel exams. Those are voluntary exams for the most part. Um, unless we they get boarded and they find a violation and then they're not voluntary anymore. But... Um, it's really good for us to be able to get on board the fishing vessels before they go out fishing so that they have an opportunity to be as safe as possible. And then we've moved over 6 million pounds of explosives throughout southeast Alaska. That's why we do facility inspections and vessel inspections, is the cargo that we move can be pretty significant if something goes, goes sideways. An Indiana man is safe and sound after sustaining falls on Mount Juno on Saturday. On Saturday evening at around 6.30, Brian Clem, 
age 49, of Indiana, reported that he had been hiking around Mount Juno since noon and lost his way back. Clem reported he had fallen a few times, but he did not sustain any major injuries. Later that day, at 10.23, six members from Juno Mountain Rescue hiked up to his location and assisted him in getting back to the main trail. The group then hiked back to the trailhead. Minutes later, at 10.40, Clem and Juno Mountain Rescue members arrived safely back at the trailhead. A new department has joined the Alaska court system, the Access to Justice Department. That was the word from Juno Superior Court Judge Amy Mead on Action Line. The court system has made a really concerted effort to expand its self-help services or its access to justice. There's a new department called the Access to Justice Department, and that department has two goals. Increase Alaskans' ability to access the court and to make sure the court users receive excellent customer service. Mead said that programs to increase law access include an eviction diversion program, a guardianship self-help line, and co-parenting coaching classes. She shared another program for small claims that is in the works. Online dispute resolution is coming next year. This one is also super exciting. It's designed to help people resolve their issues, small claims, debt, eviction, civil, family law issues, before a lawsuit needs to be filed. So people can access this online dispute system and resolve their contested issue, and it will result in a court, an enforceable court order, all without the need of having to go through a litigious adversarial process. Mead was asked for her thoughts on the new opportunities for the public to access law resources. I think it's fantastic. I think that you know people come to court because there's an issue that they can't resolve on their own. But what I see is that with a little bit of help and guidance, most people can reach resolution. And historically, that reaching of, res- of a resolution has occurred only through a litigious adversarial process in a court case. And there are a lot of other p- ways for people to resolve their issues. And this is these things that we're offering give people a lot of options to try to, you know, reach that resolution without the need of having to file a court case. Juno Superior Court Judge Amy Mead commenting on Action Line. It's just a lot of nepotism and a lot of what I consider to be unfair. I just want an even slate for all players, if that makes any sense. That's Huna resident Travis Lewis speaking to News of the North over the weekend. Lewis is one of the ten registered voters in Huna that are seeking to recall Mayor Gerald Byers. He explained why he signed on to attempt to remove the mayor. The reason I signed this was that uh, I had warned the mayor several years ago that he was going to get in hot water and the city administrator is pretty much running the town. So if you go to the mayor with an issue, he says, well, I've turned it over to the city administrator. I've turned it over to the city administrator, every single issue. And that's evolved into a point where the city administrator has gone around and it kind of, well, one of the first things he did was get rid of the harbor master and then hire his brother. Lewis said nepotism is an issue when it comes to city hiring. Una is a strong mayor form of government, which means Byers runs the day-to-day operations of the city. We had a committee, six, seven people got on the committee, we evaluated all their qualifications and tried to find the best fit. 
Well, when he hired his brother, none of that process happened. And, uh, you know, it's kind of personal in Huna. My son mows the administrator's dad's lawn. My daughter had dated his nephew. I mean, we're all on one big lifeboat out there. If one side gets wet, we all go down. So I'm just seeing a big prejudice. If you're a local year-round business out there, you don't get the same benefits as if you're in his group from the summer crowd and back and forth, back and forth. So he's gone through and taken money out of budgets that were, say, for example, the Harbor Department and moved it over to other places. They're trying to raise our utility bills. News of the North reached out to city officials last week to verify the filing and received a reply from Huna City Attorney Jim Sheehan. Yes, a petition was filed, Sheehan said. We are reviewing the legality of the petition that was filed. According to the document, four grounds of four recall are stated in the petition. United Way of Southeast Alaska is holding its annual Day of Caring event across the region next month. Scheduled Day of Caring events will be in Petersburg on September 14th, in Ketchikan on September 27th, in Juneau on September 30th, and in Sitka on October 3rd. Day of Caring is an event where local nonprofit agencies offer up a service project to complete. Day of Caring provides an opportunity for residents, schools, and local businesses to volunteer their time to help their community. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.